I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the, on the topic of gratitude. Gratitude. We'll find our assignment this morning in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. And it's a very familiar uh, passage. that I, It's one of my favorite ones that I preached during this time of the year because it, it really reflects the understanding of what it means to, um, to, to give gratitude and to be grateful for the things the Lord does for us. In, in the book of Luke, chapter 17, starting with verse 11, he says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into the certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lift up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go the way, the faith hath made thee whole. If there's one sin that most acceptable today, it is the sin of ingratitude. God does so much for us. God has done so much for us, and our indebt to him is enormous and yet we rarely or at least infrequently often thank for what he has done there's so much that god has done for us in fact most professing christians don't even offer thanks over their meals much less offer thanks over all that god has done in their lives and how I many that is so true sometimes we get so sidetracked that we forget to recognize the simplicity and the simple things that god has done for us and as a matter of fact and that is one of the greatest sin I believe that we struggle with, even as Christians, to accept that, that, that we are so in gratitude toward God when God has done for us. We are much more like the little boy who, who was given an orange by a man. The boy's mother said, what do you say to the nice man? The little boy thought and handed the orange back to the man and said, now peel it. You see, for a child of God, thankfulness it's not confined to a day or a season. It, 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 is, it is an attitude that we must have, that we should have every day. It's not just during this time of the year that we get, you know, we all get thankful for all the things that we have. But really, it should be an attitude that we do all the time, that we appreciate. And when you wake up in the morning and you open up your eyes and say, Lord, thank you for another day, Lord. Thank you for waking me up this morning, Lord. Thank you that your angels were guarding my home last night while I slept. You know what, things like that, that we are thankful for our children and thankful for our spouse. And, you know, that we realize that we are so, we have so much to be thankful for that sometimes we don't realize how blessed we are because we, we tend to forget all the goodness the Lord has done for us. You know, if, if a child of God is something we do, Christian people should be a thankful people. 
According to Ephesians chapter 5, 19 and 20, we should have a song in our hearts and a praise in our lips. And why is that? Because we have Jesus in our hearts. That's the reason we should celebrate. That is the reason we should have a praise in our song. Not because everything else. It's because Jesus lives in our hearts. One of the greatest things that we have is that we have Jesus in our hearts. And, and as you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. And, and we have so much to be thankful for. And I want to speak to you this morning about gratitude, the spirit of gratitude. These ten desperate men, these lepers, were dying of the disease known as leprosy. Now, let me tell you a little bit about leprosy. First, it will begin as a small spot on the skin, then inflammation. Then the small spot on the skin will begin to spread, and after that, will we'll, we'll spread further. After that, will spread that, that the sores will come, will sour, and it will and it will begin to drain. And a terrible smell will happen, and the disease will begin to spread over the body. The hair of the victim will begin to fall out. Will lose. All of their hair, even eyebrows, the, eye, the, the, the hair on the eyebrows will fall off as well. Now, I'm giving you a picture so, so you will understand a little bit of the gratitude of what this man, this man were going through. Then will come one of the worst manifestations of leprosy, which is the, in Scripture, in the Old Testament, a type of sin. Then will come the loss of sensation. The most dangerous part of leprosy on contracting leprosy was when it reaches that final stage, almost final stage, loss of sensation. You couldn't feel anything. They could be sleeping in an alley because they will be homeless and a rat could be chewing on them and not know it. Think about, think about one of the worst things can sin can do to people is cause them to lose their sense, their sensation. See, this is a type of, when you look at it, how sin does to the life of people, when, when sin creeps in the life of individuals, that, that we don't feel that sensation, we don't feel the conviction any longer, we don't feel the Spirit of God any longer. You know what, that's what sin does to the life of people. When sin comes into your heart, it starts pulling you further and further from God, and, 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 and it leads you to a place that you don't feel nothing anymore. You don't feel convicted any longer. You don't feel nothing anymore because sin will separate you from the presence of God. And that's what leprosy was doing to them. That the, They will lose total sensation that they could be sleeping in the, in, the, in the street and rat could be chewing on their food and not even realize it was taking place. You don't feel alive anymore. You don't feel... When sin takes its final progression in your life, you lose feeling about God, about life, about people you should love and cherish. That's what sin does. Have you ever been people who are in sin, they, they, they draw further from their loved one. They, they draw further from, from church. They draw further from God. And that's what the enemy wants to do to people. He wants you to separate you and draw further and further from God and so on. And then it will take a further journey on the person's body and ultimately the loss of mental capacity. And then finally the victim will slip into a coma and then death, no cure. If you had leprosy, your risk on being stoned 
you, you have to stay 50 yards according to the Lord of Moses. For many person, if you got within 50 yards, you will have to scream, I'm clean, I'm clean. Now, can you imagine this? As they are approaching anywhere, any 50 yards or anything further, you know, they, they, they have to scream, I'm clean, I'm clean. Imagine never being able to touch another human being again. Imagine never feeling the touch of your child hand or a family member again because you can't come close to them any longer. Can you, can you visualize in the theater of your mind what, what these men were going through when they, when, they, when they attracted leprosy in their life? Never feeling the embrace of another human being again. This was the stage of a person who had leprosy. Imagine going to every doctor you could go to and the physicians couldn't help you. And your insurance have ran out and they have thrown you off of it. You have no help. You have nothing left for you to do except live with a band of people who had the same disease as you have and wait for death. That's all you could do. Once you attracted this disease, that was it. All you do is live day by day and, and, and dine slowly. And then... Or suddenly, one day in this horrible condition, helpless, a man named Jesus comes to a city. And they heard about, and they approach him, and they cry out, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus said, Go show yourself to the priest. And they, and they marched back toward the priest. The Bible says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Imagine that you had lost your life. You have lost your family. You have lost everything that God has blessed you with. And you thought that that would be lost forever. And you were in the final stages of that disease. And now in a moment time, Jesus has given it back and restored it all. Can you imagine what, what have happened? You thought it was over. You thought there was no hope. You thought that you are in the final stages of your life. You're just going to die. And suddenly a man named Jesus shows up and you cry out to him. And he turns and, and heals your body. My friend, now it's restored back for you. The Bible says, and as they went, they were cleansed. And all these things, now when they got to the priest, you are cleansed. Go back to your homes. Go back to your families. Go back to your children. Suddenly, all the things all the other people take for granted all the time. Now they can go back. That will that they will give anything just to be able to do what other people don't even think about was a blessing all day long. But because you have been isolated, but because you have been without so long, now you get to go back with a different attitude. And then they, 
They have because they don't appreciate what they have like you appreciate because you lost it. You know what it's like to have nothing anymore. So you go back home with a different attitude. You go back home loving your wife. You go back home loving your children. You go home loving everything because now you appreciate that you once lost it. Now you have it. It changes your attitude. It changes your perspective because you realize how fragile it is and, and how you thought you had it, but now you've lost it and now you have it back because of a man named Jesus. And this one leper, out of the ten turns back and runs back to Jesus. I can see the other guy saying, where are you going? Where are you going? I can see the other guys saying, where are you going? Guys, I, I got my life back. He gave us our life back. I can't just ignore him. I, I have to turn back and give him thanks. They go back to their families, but he goes back to Jesus. He fell, he fell at the feet and touches Jesus' feet. I want you to catch this. Out of the ten, one realized, I got to go back. The other one just went on home. But he goes back and said, I, I, I can't ignore him. He changed my life. He, he, he turned my life back. I, I got to go back and thank him for what he has done. Understand, the first person this leper touched in years was not his wife or his children, but it was Jesus in the incarnation, Son of God in the flesh. Think about it for a moment. Instead of touching his wife for the first time and who knows how long, but he just goes back and touches the feet of Jesus. And he touches Jesus in a loud voice over and over, says, thank you, thank you. See, the Greek language implies that there was no end to it. It keeps saying over and over, thank you, thank you. It's when you appreciate, it's when your wife finally said, I do in the altar, and you go, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. That'll be Zach next week. I mean, I ain't over until it says I do. And the, and the, anything can still change. It ain't a done deal. It ain't a done deal. That's why the woman always gets to go last. You, you ask the man first. And then she gets the option. She says, I don't know if I want to stay here. But he implies that he was continuously saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I can only imagine that he was continually saying thank you, thank you, because he understood gratitude. He understood the importance of oh, how, how his life has been changed, how God transformed his life. He realized how much he had after all. Sometimes we don't realize how blessed we are. Sometimes we don't realize how much we have until he's taken away from us. 
and, and, and just something happens in our workplace, in our lives, and in our own bodies. We don't, we don't realize how blessed we, ha- we are and how good we have it. And Jesus asking, we're not ten, we are the nine. Only the Samaritan returns back. If you, you need to understand the Jews, if anything should be thankful, those who are in the house faith should be thankful. The Jews should have come back and thanked Jesus. He knew, they knew the man, they knew the word. If anybody should be down and out and feeling sorry for themselves and and complaining is is just only have this, I will be thankful. Man, there's so much to be thankful for. If I had this, I will be satisfied. That's always, I mean, if I had this, and then I'll be happy. You know, if I accomplish this, and, and then I'll be happy. You know, no, no, no. You need to be happy now. Yes, it might not be like you want it. Yes, yes, it might not be perfect. Yes, you know what? It might be a mess up, but, but be thankful. See, the, the only one thankful was a Samaritan that symbolized the one who was away from God. The Samaritan was the one that they were away from God, and he was the one who was more grateful and thankful than everybody else. And that happens sometimes in church as well, that we get so accustomed to church. We get so accustomed to the presence of God. We get so accustomed to the good worship that we don't, eh, just all right. You know, we don't, we don't appreciate that good-looking preacher that God sends you every Sunday, week after week. Relax, I'm just kidding. You know, but you know what? But, 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 but we take things for granted sometimes. You know, and here's this Samaritan who was aware from God. You know, that's when you see people who get saved for the first time. And it, it is so wonderful to see people who give their heart for the first time. They're on fire. Because they realize how far from God they were. And, and they realize they were lost, going to a place called hell. But now they turn there. Jesus have turned their lives around. And I'm saving. And I'm glorified. I'm going to heaven. But. He realized how important that was. See, the only one thankful was the Samaritan that symbolized the one who was away from God. But the Samaritan understood how blessed he was. And he said unto him, Arise, go the way that faith hath made thee whole. Listen to me. The word whole in the Greek language is body, soul, and spirit. The healing process here can be summarized by three words, cleanse, heal, and made well. The nine were cleansed and healed but not made well because they forgot to express their gratitude. They were satisfied too early with too little. Sometimes we can get satisfied too early with too little. We think, well, that's good enough when God says, no, there's more. I want to give you more. I want to bless you with more. Sometimes we, we, we say, well, that's enough. That's enough, church. That, that's enough of God. You know what? And, and we take our priorities to what God is in, should be important to our life because, you know, we're telling, we're telling, that's enough. 
When God wants to do more, and here is a perfect example that God wanted to do more, Jesus wanted to do more in the life of this person. From this, we understand that faith and thanksgiving have a connection where faith is the substance of things hoped for. How is your, how is your gratitude? Those who are watching online, how is your gratitude to the things that God is doing in your life? How, how, how is your gratitude? What is gratitude? It's when you say to someone who gives to you, thank you. David said in Psalms, let me live that I may praise you. You know what? That's gratitude. David said, man, if I can just live another day, I'll praise you, God. You know, that's gratitude. That you are where you are today because of God, what has done for you. And I know sometimes we think we do it on our own and we have our own thing, you know. But at the end of the day, God has given you the breath you have in your lungs. Everything that you have, everything you own is because God has given it to you. It should be a spirit of gratitude. Thanksgiving, gratitude comes out from a re revelation that all of your life is a gift from God. G.K. Cheston says, Here lies another day, during which I have had eyes, ears, and hands, and the great world all around me. And tomorrow begins another. Why am I allowed to? That's, that's, that's gratitude. That is gratitude. Why? Because there is a good God, because there is a good God who loves you. Was it, was it, Leon, was it that guy, Leon, Leon Armstrong, who sings that song, It's a Wonderful, It's a Wonderful World? What a, what a wonderful world. Louis Armstrong, thank you. I knew it was something like that. But you know what? It is a wonderful world. Yes, it, may, it might not be perfect, but still, it's a wonderful world. You are alive this morning. You're in church this morning. You, God woke you up this morning. It is a wonderful world. It's a wonderful thing to be blessed by God and to have the things. And if I had it on my phone, I'd play for you. Some of you need to hear this song. It's going to be all right. Every day is a gift from God. If you're not grateful, we become a person with a demanding spirit. Can I say that again? If we're not grateful, we become a person with a demanding spirit. Man, I tell you what, I am so thankful for all things that we have here in our church. We have great, the greatest people north of I-4 on Thanoro Sasser Road. I'm telling you what, this is the greatest people north of I-4 on Thanoro Sasser Road. I'm telling you what, we got the greatest people. Thankful. All you do is take everything, everything is about you. How many know that not everything's about you? I've learned that when I got married.
When I was home, it was all about me. My mom will take care of me. My mom will make sure I was taken care of. But then I got married. I better watch. I better move on. I better move on. You know what? Sometimes we live or you live with a, with a sense of entitlement. We have an attitude of entitlement. You know that we're entitled to things, that God owns things. You know, you own me this. So many, so many people treat God this way. So many people treat God that way, that you owe me this, God. You, you're supposed to give me this. You know, that attitude of entitlement. You owe me this, God. You know what? How I many you know God doesn't own you anything? God doesn't have to give you nothing. Just dying on the cross for you is, is, is more than enough. It's more than enough. It's like your children who want this and want that. You don't have to buy my new car. They think just because they graduated from, I'm not talking about my daughter. She doesn't say anything. <laughs> Let's move on. That was, that, that, that. But how do you know we don't own them anything? Is that mindset. You know what? God, he doesn't own you a nice house. He, he doesn't own you a nice car. He, he doesn't own you nice clothes. He doesn't own you any, any blessed thing, but you owe him everything. You know what? And he gives it to you. Man, you take it. God blesses you. But, but, but you don't demand God to give you things. You know, it's like a father. Father blesses his children because he wants to bless them. And sometimes when they ask for it and they're nagging, you won't give them nothing now. You're a nagging thing. You know, it's, it's, you want to give it to them because you, you, because you want to bless them. It's like this kid here is a basketball player, great basketball player, excellent basketball player, but he got all his skills from his dad. His dad made him. You know, how I many know God gives us things? He wants to bless us. See, how many people, how many people are miserable and, and mad at God because of stuff, material things that they have, that, they, that he haven't given them, so they're all mad at God. People get mad at God because they don't, God hasn't given them the material stuff they want, and so they get mad at God. For stuff that they're going to end up in the yard sale. Can't get an amen? They end up in the, you know what? The older I'm getting, the less stuff I want. Uh, I better quit. Uh-uh. I wear the same shoes. I tell you what, I know what I'm wearing. It's easy. You know, sometimes, you know, you want, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you have stuff, you don't even know what you have stuff for. Your shed is full of stuff. 
Your garage is, you can't even park your car in the garage because it's full of stuff. You have not used it in a year and a half, two years. Oh, I got to move on. I'm telling you what. I'm seeing, I'm seeing elbows flying everywhere. Stuff. I mean, you know I'm joking, but you, you get my point. Stuff. I got to quit. Time's up. Time's up. Time's up. I, I got Come on, Pastor Eric. I have five more points to preach, but I ain't going to preach it. Time's up. You should have gratitude. You don't have a long-winded preacher up here that preaches another 45 minutes. I'm done. Is that all right, Mary? Okay. I got, I got Mary's approval, so we're done. Man. Oh, it was going to be good. I, I just want five points. But I want to start right there. Oh, that'll be just one, one point. How many know we need to be grateful? We should be grateful and thank God for all the things that he has done for us and, and appreciate his goodness. Appreciate everything that he does. You know what? We, we own God so much. We own God so much. Thank God. You know what? Life might not be perfect. Life it might not be the way we want it. And I understand that. I understand that. I understand that we go through sickness. We go through battles. And we go through all kinds of stuff. And Some of, us, some of us might be really struggling real bad. Some of us might be struggling financially real bad. Some of us might be struggling health-wise with sickness, something. I tell you what, in spite of all of that, I'm still going to praise my Lord. I will yet praise Him. You know what? And that's the attitude we should have, that spirit of gratitude that we thank God for all his blessings and all his goodness. And we realize God is good. God is good. Good. And thank God for every blessing you have. Thank God. You know what? Man, I'm so tempted to keep going, but I ain't going. I'm so tempted, but maybe next week I'll preach a little bit. We have so much to be thankful for. It might not be perfect, but we need to be thankful for it. Thankful for your husband. Let me go over here. You should be thankful for your husband. Thankful for your wife. You know what? Thankful for your children. You know why your husband might doesn't look like Tom Cruise or nothing, but he still, he still brings home a paycheck. Be thankful for that. Amen? We need to be thankful for things. You know, we, all, we watch TV, watch the media, Facebook, and we wanted life to look perfect. You know what? How many know ain't perfect? Anything can, anybody can make things look good on social media. Photoshop, this and that, make everything look good. 
I would look good in social media. They fix me up. What are you laughing about? You don't think you don't think it's possible, Laura? Praise God. Get up on your feet. Why don't you just thank the Lord for a moment? Lift your hands to our heaven if you're a moment. We're going to dismiss here in a moment. Let's just thank the Lord for a moment. Thank the Lord.